Daniel and I'm Amanda and you're listening to scenes from a marriage a movie podcast in which we as a married couple watch movies and talk about them today Amanda we are new parents yes for the first time on the podcast I was gonna say well we've been new parents for a bit but okay for a bit yes which is why there hasn't been a new podcast in the last several months that's true there we go yep because our uh, our last one, as you recall, last episode was recorded on Eleanor's due date. That's right. It was. She had not yet arrived, and now she is here. And by here, I mean that she is in her crib asleep <laughs> about 20 feet away from here. She is. She is. Okay. Confirmed. Oh, you, you did you check the monitor? I, to, I did. To find out? <laughs> the amazing what we can do with computers these days, modern technology. So I'm excited. That was a very special episode. That was our movies to show our kids episode. Mm -hmm. This is also a very special episode, and I've buried the lead (laughs) just a little bit because uh, we have our first ever guest on the podcast. It's me. (laughs) It's me. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Yeah, good. I was was ramping up to the welcome. Uh, Billy Green, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to have you. Welcome. Very excited to be here. Big fan. True, actually, probably one of our the biggest fans of the show, honestly, in terms of uh, the getting giving us feedback and encouraging us to keep producing episodes. Uh, We're very grateful for. Yes, we love it, Billy. Thank you. Yes. So, uh, in case anyone out there is thinking, I thought this was a a marriage podcast. How do we have uh, a a random guy on the podcast who's not uh, in the marriage? The the answer. Billy's married, though. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, the answer is that the our association is by marriage. There we go. Yep. Uh, Billy, you are my wife's brother's wife's brother. That's right. So wait. Wife's yes, that's right. That's right. Wife. That's right. Brother. I worked yes. it out beforehand, so that's I'll be able to say that. <laughs> 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 it sounds like a bit. <laughs> um, do we? We asked. I asked you this the other day. Does do we think that qualifies as being my brother-in-law? I'm going to say yes. I agree. I like it. Okay. Just, it's just easier that way. I can't figure out where the statute of brother-in-law stops because you just keep having like in-law relationships ad infinitum. Yeah. yeah but we're definitely going to say... Uh, it counts because you feel like a brother-in-law because you're very cool, Billy. Yeah. So I like it. Yeah. yeah I'm sur- it's very surreal being on your podcast. I feel like I'm in like Studio 8H of NBC right now. It's, it's just huge for me. <laughs> very excited. <laughs> well, we're very glad that you're here. And I, you know, I don't know if it's a good idea to be turning listeners into guess on the pod if that's going to actually broaden our listener base or uh, you know if that's going to I don't know if that's if that's a good business decision but you've kind of saved our butts here because it's Oscar time again and the past two years we have done uh, Amanda you and I on the podcast have dutifully gone through all of the best picture nominees and uh, reported 
back on our findings. Yeah. And this year, we tried to do it, but we just didn't quite get there. I mean, for obvious reasons, that's just going to be a theme here. It is. We're blaming everything on the child. <laughs> on the child, yes. And she's going to have to just take that <laughs> blame. But uh, thankfully, Billy, you did see all 10 of the nominees, did you not? I, disclaimer, Elvis, ha- like three quarters of Elvis. Three quarters of Elvis, okay. That so, was probably enough. Yeah. But other than that, yes. Not right, to well, give rankings away, but... Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and so you're, you're at like, like nine, and, nine and three quarters. Yeah, nine and three quarters. Is that... Platform nine doors. Okay, thank yep. you. I, was, I thought we were doing a, yep. Yeah, Harry Potter wow. thing. Uh, both, well, I am actually at nine and one third, if you can, if that makes sense. Oh, yes, you are. Because, Amanda, you and I, and this really, I think, illustrates more than anything else the way that having a child affects your ability to uh, down 24 hours worth of movies in, you know, over the course of a couple of months. Mm-hmm. We went to go see Avatar in the theater. We bought a ticket. We sat down in the chairs. And we watched one hour. He got to the water part, which was like, you know, the main thing, the title of the movie. And then we had to leave because somebody <laughs> was unhappy at home <laughs> Yeah, that somebody was not prim. It was Eleanor. Yeah. So that was, that was a tough, uh, it was a tough week there. And we haven't really recovered from that. I thought maybe we'd make it back to the theater to finish the, uh, to finish that one to, uh, from, you know. Our, our friend and James Cameron. Uh, we still have time. We could, I mean, maybe not before Oscars, but. Maybe not, hope. but uh, anyway, so thanks to Billy um, uh, plugging the rather massive holes left by the two of us, we are back to talk about all 10 of the movies that have been nominated for Best Picture at the 95th Academy Awards, which is being held as we record this one week away. Sunday, March the 12th is the date of that airing. So we're going to go through each of the nominees in in brief. We're going to discuss them. And then at the end, we will rank them from worst to best as we see it. And, I, and I'll, again, I will, uh, due to Billy, your list being the most complete, we'll kind of treat yours as sort of the official ranking. But Ooh. we will also give our uh, opinions as we go as well. Now, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. We haven't had a chance to have this conversation on Mike before. You and I have had a number of conversations about film, and we like to you know, uh, talk about what's good, what's we not do. good, evaluate a little bit. And so I appreciate that uh, about you. I wanted to give our listeners just a little bit of background. Um, what, what made you a movie buff? How did you get interested in this in the first place? How I got interested? Um, my family just loves watching movies. So... Um, yeah, I think that's it. Just always been really, that's one of my favorite things to do. Like if you ask me what I like to do for fun, it sounds like not very interesting to say like watching movies, but it's just like one of my favorite things to do. Um, yeah, I think my I, quick recap, you know, my favorite movie, I think that tells you a little bit about, about a person. Oh yeah. Lord definitely. of the Rings. Okay. Um, yep, good favorite one. Christmas movie. Cause I missed that episode. Jing <laughs> all the way. Oh, okay, that's okay. a good one. All the way. Okay, that's a good one. Um, movies I've seen the most times. What about Bob? I, okay, I've never seen that, that a lot, but that's yeah, like that's, a whole episode worth of details. So huh. that's one that yeah. have you seen? Have you seen what about Bob? I don't think so. Who's in it? Who's in it? Uh, Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. Huh? Yeah. Well, it sounds like it. That's would one be good. I've watched a few times when I was a kid. Yeah, uh, like in the like growing up, we watched. Yeah, what about Bob? I don't. It's like my family's comfort movie. We just put it hmm. on. Well, maybe we'll have Super to watch random. that. There's definitely other conversations to be had about that. There's a lot of like, conversations. Like, like, for example, how bad do you feel for Dr. Leo Marvin? Yeah. 
I, uh, I feel bad for Leo. Okay, good. Because <laughs> it means you're not a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, great. And we, we and you actually gave me some extra stuff there because I, yeah. I, one thing I forgot to write down uh, on the questions I wanted to ask you was because you know kind of the premise of this podcast is there's like Daniel movies and there's Amanda movies. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was going to ask you what you know what's a Billy movie. So you've given me some examples. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Lord of the Rings, I think, is the the main Billy movie. Um, lately, I think. Uh, I like keeping up with Marvel for sure. Keeping oh, up yeah, with all yeah. the big stuff. Uh, yeah, I think I like, if I had to pick a genre, I just like popcorn movies. It's probably like my, my biggest genre. I love going to the theater for those. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, speaking of Marvel, have you kept up with phase four? I have Ant-Man. The new Ant-Man is the only one I haven't seen in theaters. I think I'm kind of dropping off to be honest. I think they need to reel me back in, but mm. yeah, up till then I have. What was the last one that you were like, yeah, this is why I go to the theater? Well, like for a Marvel. For movie. a Marvel? Yeah. Um, I think Shang-Chi. That was in IMAX, a really good experience. Oh, we, oh, great. we didn't see yeah. that one, no, did we? No, we? we missed that one. But I yeah. have heard good things. Yeah. You would suggest watching it? Yeah, for sure. Okay. For sure. Cool. So the other thing I wanted to ask you, just because you have, uh, you know, we managed to have you on for this Oscars episode. Uh, and, you know, we, I have been doing an Oscars party every year for the last 10 years. Uh, where I get people together and watch the the broadcast. Um, are the Oscars important to you? They are. I think it's, you know, the only, or not the only, but it's like the main formal recognition of, you know, talent and just film achievement. So, um, and I think it, it, for me, it help, it kind of guides me to films I wouldn't otherwise watch. Like yeah. most of the ones on this list, I wouldn't have watched were it not for the Oscars. I think that is one of the interesting things about it is that it is a form of curation. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I, th- I mean, how many of these movies would we have pushed ourselves to kind of get to were it not for the, as you say, the formal of, yeah. Especially of with them the being Academy. two and a half hours, that's not, yes. that right. just seems like impossible these days. It seems really hard. And <laughs> in, in my notes, one of the one of the few pieces of information that I wrote down about each of these movies was the runtime because it just, it, it all, I get it, I don't know, you start trying to put them all together. You start trying to get them all under your belt in a short amount of time. And you just, it's like, okay, every one of these things is two and a half hours or, you know, it wasn't like a lot. a lot of them last year. They were like that. What was the movie we liked? Was it drive? Wait, not drive. What was it? Drive my car. Drive my oh, car. Yeah. How long was that? Was it was that almost three hours. Three hours. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. Yeah. There's, I think two this year that are actually longer than that or no, maybe just avatar, but yeah. It, yeah. Avatar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot of doing, but uh, I do agree with you on that. And, I think initially it was just for me about let's get everybody together and there's a reason there's something out there to kind of coalesce around that says, Hey, let's just celebrate movies. Cause like we like, we like them. And that was, oh, that was like the reason that I started doing the Oscar parties, not necessarily because I thought, Oh, you know, there's some, there's something necessarily worthwhile about like best picture or, but or I do, not that we would see Will Smith acting like a crazy well, Which you know, we won't see there, for a long time. That's right. There have been a few interesting ones. I mean, we were there for, we were watching when the La La Land Moonlight yep. thing happened. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, then uh, last year. The slap, as it has come the to slap. be known. Man. Well, I guess let's dive right in. There's a lot of these things to cover, so no reason <laughs> to, uh, you know, no further ado, I guess, uh, as we put it. So we're going to go through these in alphabetical order and we're just kind of discuss them. And like I said, we will do the rankings at the end. So our first nominee this year. And this was an odd year because in, in some previous, most of the previous years since the, what we call the expanded era, since they have moved to uh, more than five nominees for best picture, 
there was a guaranteed 10 this year. Uh, there was always, they started out from the gate, there's going to be 10 nominees. And that wasn't always the case. Um, sometimes it was, you know, you might get eight, you might get nine. This year, we got 10. So these are all 10 of them. And the first one up is All Quiet on the Western Front. From Netflix, this is a German language film made in Germany by director Edward Berger, who is mostly unknown to American audiences. Obviously, a remake, or if you want to be generous, a readaptation of a famous novel. Mm. Uh, but this, you know, the, the original All Quiet on the Western Front film was in 1930 and it won Best Picture in 1930. And since then, I think there's been another maybe TV movie adaptation, but this one, uh, you know, is, is on Netflix. So it's easy for people to see. And it is nominated for nine Oscars. Uh, in addition to Best Picture, it is nominated for, of course, International Feature Film. For score, hair and makeup, sound, visual effects, adapted screenplay, cinematography, and production design. As a side note, the BAFTAs awarded All Quiet on the Western Front as their best film. It was their nomination leader with 14 nominations. What did you think? You both seen this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I've only seen five of these movies, just to let everyone know. What did you all think of All Quiet on the Western Front? Um, I mean, I liked it, but I'm not like super into depressing war movies. Like I, I'll watch them, but I mean, I watched it because it was, you know, a nominated movie for, right. yeah. But um, I mean, yeah, I it was um, it was really depressing and just bleak, but yeah. <laughs> Billy. <laughs> it was. You know, it was. Yes. It was not, not an up. I should say more, watch. but you know. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I love war movies. So um, this is definitely one of, one of the few I would have watched regardless, I think. Um, but probably one of the ones I was most surprised with the amount of nominations. Um, yeah. I just, I don't know. We've talked a little bit outside the podcast about the cinematography of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think that we could get into that later. But aside from that, I'm just comparing it to other war movies. I think this, um, more than a lot, if not any other war movie, showed the horror of war in, in like a really brutal way, mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think where it lacked for me was just the characters. I think all of the friends of the main character just blended as one to me. Like mm-hmm. there was no nothing really setting them apart, different goals, different qualities. Um, so I won't spoil my ranking, but those those are my thoughts on it. Okay. Well, let's talk about it now. You said about the cinematography. This is, what was, what what did you think uh, was the, was it either a, you thought it stood out or you thought it maybe wasn't what you would expect for this type of movie? Yeah. So it, I don't know how to put my finger on it, but it looked like a Netflix movie and Mm -hmm. I don't know how to say that any better, but the, the color correcting on it and the, I don't know, the green screen effects, just something about it just didn't sit well for me. Mm -hmm. Do you think in terms of these war movies, are we, are we now eternally living in the shadow of Saving Private Ryan to which every war movie feels like it has to look like Saving Private Ryan on some level? That's yeah, I think for World War 1 and 2 probably there's they're always going to be compared to that. Um but I mean 1917, obviously another World War 1 movie. 
I thought has its own look. Yeah, it has its that, own look. That was a good one. I feel like that was way more like, like had me on the edge of my seat and like anxious than this one. I don't, and I don't know why because it was the same war. Right? Same war. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I know it's they're different movies, yeah. but yeah, yeah. No, but it, it was completely different vibes, different goals, right? I mean, the, the nineteen seventeen more of a kind of action war movie, right? Mm-hmm. This has some battle scenes, but. It's primarily, it's not primarily about the excitement of, you know, will you live or die on the battlefield? It's very much about the kind of hopelessness and pointlessness and everybody is, you know, just cannon fodder, that sort of thing, uh, trying to illustrate the horrors of trench warfare, which I think it does well. Mm. I got to say, I got a little burnout on World War II movies for a while there. I'm kind of glad we're having a little bit of resurgence of World War I yeah. movies and something different, but... Um, I agree. I I do agree with you about the the Netflix of it all. There's something maybe overly smooth about it somehow. But I thought that uh, I thought that the Edward Berger staged some effective compositions. I, th- I think especially remembering the like the tanks coming in and I don't know there were maybe even just I don't know why this just stuck with me like the second unit was was directed the heck out of some trees like there's some nice trees in this movie <laughs> um, but uh, oh yeah there were lots of trees That's right. I, every time there's like a scene transition with a tree um, and they were eggs yes <laughs> sorry I was just thinking about how eggs were really expensive and then they like shot the eggs and they were. Glad that they shot them. I was like, eggs are expensive. Anyway, sorry. That's true. Have either of you read the book? No. <laughs> I thought, never mind. I thought you were talking about eggs. Okay, I'm done. Yes. No, I haven't. Okay, I haven't either. There's been some criticism that I've heard around it saying that they changed the ending of the book. And- Actually, wait. I might have in school, but I don't remember when I would have. Sorry. I think I, I, don't, I don't remember it, but I think it was one of our required readings. Okay. In high school, maybe. I never read it myself, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that actually kind of gets into spoilers at, at the end of the movie, so I, I, won't, uh, I won't go into that specifically. But if you've read the book, supposedly the ending is different hmm. in the, uh, the film. Um, hmm. But I, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's, it's a little bit hard because it's not supposed to be enjoyable on the level of a 1917. Like that's, that's kind of at cross purposes with the goals of the film. So to say that I didn't really enjoy it kind of seems appropriate. Mm-hmm. I felt like a lot of the, the technical stuff was really on point and it seemed like it was effective at delivering its message. At least that was my kind of view on it. So, um, what, what else do you guys want to say about this one? Is it, is it, the, is it the greatest war movie since Saving Private Ryan? Hmm, good question. What? What's even come out since Saving Private I'm trying to think of like, I'm trying to think like. I can't think of war movies because I don't like war movies. All I can think of is 1917. And, you know, what, uh, I think modern war what about, movies. What about Black Hawk Down? What about, um, what about. Lone Survivor was a good war The Hurt movie. Locker. Oh, yeah. The Hurt Locker. Oh, the Hurt Locker. Hacksaw Ridge. Hacksaw Ridge. Oh, Hacksaw Ridge. Another okay, World War Two, but mm-hmm. I think I liked that more than this. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna Google it. I think one of the things that again, this is kind of another criticism that I've sort of seen. I'm trying to decide how I feel about it. Yeah, is that there's something kind of been there, done that about yep. this, and not that anything it does is bad or wrong, just that it feels like we've seen it before. And I think I was talking to you about this, Billy, that there's like four or five 
truly great war movies that this reminds me of at different points. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that means it's just recycling those movies or if it's doing something right that it's in the, it's in the conversation. Like, you, you, I already said Saving Private Ryan. I think there's an aspect of Paths of Glory in the way that they go back into the back rooms and show the negotiations that are happening. There's something of come and see in the wide-eyed, shocked faces of the, uh, the, the soldiers. There's I've probably a few others that I could... Uh, I mean, 1917 is an obvious one that you could compare it to. I think all of those movies are better than this movie. Mm-hmm. But American Sniper? There's one. Is that a... Wait, is that the one about... The Clint Eastwood movie about... Uh, with uh, Bradley Cooper? Oh, yeah. Does that count as a war movie? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Lots of possibilities there. She's pulled up Dunkirk. That's another... Oh, really Dunkirk. I almost forgot about Dunkirk. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Man. See, that, Dunkirk is another one where it's more exciting than this. I don't know if it's necessarily more effective, but that's... Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. All right. So uh, moving on to the next one. This is the one that uh, Amanda and I didn't get through. It is Avatar, The Way of Water. The way of water connects all things. Before your birth... And after your death. This is our home! I need you with me. And I need you to be strong. This is, I think, still in theaters. It's probably going to be in theaters for a while. Yeah. That Good, was, so we can go see it soon. I would like to complete the viewing yeah. of this one. James Cameron, obviously, following up on his most successful of all time at the time blockbuster that uh, was a kind of revolutionary in its use of 3d and its use of mocap. This is uh, over three hours. It's a big, a big deal. And I, I knew that the only way to see it was in 3d in a cinema. I got to say, Oh, it's, it's, it's nominated for four Oscars, including best picture. It's also noted, um, nominated for sound visual effects and production design. It seems hard to imagine that it won't win visual effects. Only four else is, really in its league. is that like not a lot for them for Oscars? Well, if you if you look at the rest of this list, uh, only Triangle of Sadness and Women Talking have fewer total nominations okay. amongst these ten. So, as I cannot comment on the uh, rising action or <laughs> dating moi, uh, Billy, what did you think of Avatar: The Way of Water? So Samantha and I, we saw this um, in IMAX. We saw the, or I guess not IMAX technically, we saw the Dolby version. So it's got uh, kind of a high frame rate effect that's exclusive to that format. Um, and I think as a theater experience, it was very, very enjoyable. Um, it didn't feel as long as it is, which is it's always good. Um, at, there's are, there are times where the pacing feels weird, but I was not eager to leave the theater or anything. Um, but yeah, I don't think it needed, we immediately walking out, we've both felt, uh, I don't think this needed to be that long. It mm-hmm. felt kind of like they were forcing a lot of content where to justify the, the massive budget they spent on this like under, underwater filming technology. Mm-hmm. So there's all these underwater scenes that are very beautiful, but I don't know that they're needed for the story by any means. Um, so this was an odd one for me to see nominated for best picture, I think, because um, it's such a beautiful movie so the the nomination the other nominations make sense for it but uh the other categories but i don't i don't know about this one as best picture it does almost seem like 
the kind of thing that is dominated because it is so successful mm-hmm. and like everybody knew kind of coming out the gate that it was going to be. I think that was something we had a lot more of before the expanded era where, you know, a lot of times your, your best picture crop was, were, you know, the most successful or most popular movies of the year. It's interesting to me that this is in that camp because I haven't had people coming out of the woodwork telling me, hey, I went and saw Avatar and it was amazing. You know, nobody's really, just seems to be really evangelizing it, but... Unlike the, very, the first time that it came out, right? You mean the first Avatar? Like yeah, the, yeah, the first Avatar. Yeah. Wait, is this the third one? This is the second one. Second, okay. Yeah. Maybe it feels like the third because it's so long. There's so much of it. Anyway. Yeah, the, the first one felt like a big leap in mm-hmm. from other movies that had been out. Um, and this one didn't feel as much of a leap from that one or from any other current movie. It, um, I think other movies have kind of caught up to where Avatar was. Um, it's so interesting. I, yeah, so I wasn't really blown away by it. When's the last time you saw a 3D movie other than Avatar? That's a good question. Probably Avengers Endgame. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's in 3D? Okay. Yeah. We must have saw a 2D version. Oh, yeah, yeah. We did, yeah. I mean, I will say the the experience of seeing the first Avatar really was something. I mean, it, it was an experience, and you, yeah. I'd never seen anything quite like it before. Yeah. I don't know that I was getting that impression from this when I sat down in the theater, but I will also say in first Avatar, it took me a while to kind of get used to it, what I was seeing, because it is so different, and I didn't even see it in a high frame rate, which you did. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm assuming, and, and again, this is why I won't even, I won't really comment on it other than what I'm doing right now, because a lot of people have said it was really the last act for them that sold them on it. Is this kind of a movie that peaks near the end? Okay, I hope so, because the beginning, I wasn't super attached to. I, I feel would, like it was just starting to get good when we had to leave the theater, so. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Yeah, this is actually an interesting point to talk about right here. I, I wrote down, I've only seen three of these movies in theaters, mm-hmm. um, which are Top Gun, Avatar, and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay. And um, I th- yeah, it's, so it's kind of hard to separate that rating from the other ones because I think the theater experience of those is good. But if I were to rewatch Avatar The Way of Water on an airplane, it'd just not be good at all to me. You were just talking about this the other day, weren't you? Talking about watching a movie at home versus in the theater. I was because it, it it's generally speaking a much better experience mm-hmm. in, to watch it in the theater. And there is a movie coming up that I'm going to talk about specifically with this in mind because I watched it at home and I just don't know that I got I just know that I got the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes the, the 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 presentation in the cinema is part of really what makes it work. Not every movie clearly is like that. Obviously, I'm not going to watch Avatar on an airplane. Yeah, <laughs> I might watch a couple of these others on a on a plane, but yeah, that's an interesting question. It, it, I call it the big screen bump. And when I'm when I'm doing a ranking, and it's a mix of things I saw in a theater versus things I saw on a laptop screen, it does sometimes. I feel like those mo- theater movies tend to cluster towards the top. Mm-hmm. And in my rankings, I think that's more or less the case, uh, even in this year. So. Yeah. But you know, we're talking about things, thankfully, that are, you know, this is all opinion-based. Uh, if I get it, quote-unquote, wrong, nobody's going to come into my house. And, you know, <laughs> so, but, you know, and maybe, and I always hope for that, right? I, I would rather like something than not like something. Yeah. I hope that one or, one or two of these movies that I saw on my TV, maybe I'll see again and I will have a different experience or a better experience, at least. Yeah. Anything else you want to say about Avatar? 
I mean, it does feel a little bit obligatory, doesn't it? Like it kind of just feels like, okay, we put Avatar here and now let's let's move on. Like, yeah, I don't I would, think there's anybody saying it's going to win Best Picture. It's well, so it's kind of like Titanic, right? Which is also James Cameron, and that was kind of felt like it was nominated because of its success, and it won. And it's it like swept. It won a ton of Oscars. It won a ton. I, I don't. I wasn't old enough to pay attention to it, but I don't think people loved that at the time, right? Oh, you mean didn't love that it won all the Oscars? Yeah. I couldn't comment on that. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I, I was too young at the time. I was not really paying attention. Yeah. Same. Wait, was Avatar like was the first one? Was it nominated? It it was for not for best. It pick. was nominated. Yes, it was nominated for best oh, picture. In fact, it was it was in a heat to win against uh, against the Hurt Locker, which which ultimately won that year. Oh. Like people thought maybe it was going to, which is it was the commentary. I was I was old enough to remember at this point. I was huh. watching the Oscars. That there was uh, it was kind of a um, uh, like a rivalry because James Cameron movie was up against the Hurt Locker, which was directed by his, I believe, ex-wife, yeah. uh, Catherine Bigelow. What? Okay. And Drama. Again, ultimately. <laughs> and that was another thing. That was a, that was kind of almost a turning point, really, in what we think about as best picture, because at the, the Hurt Locker at the time was, I think, the lowest grossing best picture winner of all time. Hmm. And Avatar, obviously, was the like, new box office leader of all time. Yeah. It was a very, it was a big David and Goliath kind of story. Huh. Interesting. Sucks for Avatar. Anyway, next. <laughs> I think I think we would say of James Cameron, he has his reward in full. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, so moving on, our next movie is The Banshees of Inisherin. Now, if I've done something to you, just tell me what I've done to you. And if I've said something to you, maybe I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it, but I don't think I said something when I was drunk and I've forgotten it. But if I did, then tell me what it was. And I'll say sorry for that too, Colin. With all my heart, I'd say sorry. Just stop running away from me like some fool of a moody schoolchild. But you didn't say anything to me. And you didn't do anything to me. Well, that's what I was thinking, like. I just don't like you no more. Which is currently available on HBO Max for those who would like to check it out. Directed by Martin McDonough, who, um, an English um, filmmaker who's... Previous films include In Bruges, Seven Psychopaths, and the also nominated Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. The film stars Colin Farrell, Brendan Gleeson, Carrie Condon, and Barry Keoghan, set in a remote Irish island where two friends played by Farrell and Gleeson go to the pub every day and hang out, and then all of a sudden, one of them suddenly decides he no longer wants to be friends with the other. And this sets off kind of a quirky, funny, sad fable uh, that is, you know, only McDonough could have written. And it is nominated for nine Oscars. Uh, Farrell is nominated for Best Actor. Both Gleason and Keoghan are nominated for Supporting Actor. Condon is up for Supporting Actress. In addition, uh, the music by Carter Burwell is nominated. Um, McDonough is nominated in Directing, and it's also up for Screenplay, Original, and editing. So this has been a major awards favorite all season. So Wait, was it funny? Was it a funny movie? I this is not one that I've seen. It's yeah, it it's comic and it's a drama and it's more comedic up front and more kind of dramatic as it goes along. Also, I definitely thought you said The Banshees of Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> and I, think I you're still don't know not what that the first person to make <laughs> okay. that mistake. I mean, Irish stuff anyway. Yeah, it's it, it's it's kind of 
esoteric in that way. Uh, the title may be considered pretentious by some. In a Sheeran, I think is a made up place that. Uh, oh, okay. So not Ed Sheeran. I would watch that maybe. Watch the Banshees that. of Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, Ed Sheeran was in a movie recently that I didn't expect him to be in. Do you remember this? Was he? Wait, he's in it was Game a, of Thrones. It was a music one. He was like a music. Wait, was that a TV show? He was like, no. We what? It was like somebody who was performing, you, and he was. You didn't. You didn't watch yesterday, did you? Yeah, it was yesterday. Oh, did you end up watching that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, because so I watched that on a plane, and there was a lot of Ed Sheeran in that. Yeah, movie. he was in that one a lot. Have you? I've have seen, you seen yesterday. No. Oh, I really like that one. The uh, movie about the Beatles. A lot of Ed, but going back to Banshees. Um, all right, so I mean, you didn't see this one. I didn't. Uh, Billy, what were your thoughts on this one? I like this one a lot. Um, I was a big fan of In Bruges and uh, Three Billboards, too. Um, and yeah, I didn't put together till later. I didn't really follow that director until putting it all together later, but it makes sense. Um, yeah, I just liked how simple this one was and how well done it was for how simple it was. But mm-hmm. yeah, what about you? Yeah, reunites Farrell and Gleason from yeah. In Bruges. Yeah, in, yeah kind of flips the dynamic a little bit from that film. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like this one. And I, I will say, I hoped I would like it more mm-hmm. because I'm actually a huge fan of both In Bruges and Seven Psychopaths. Uh, mm-hmm. I love both those movies a lot. And I, this is another one where I'm like, I really, really wish I would have seen this one in the cinema. And I wish I, I, I actually would, I hope to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it'll work for me maybe better the second time. Some of the, I don't think some of the laugh lines I actually caught because they're so Irish. Like the, the, the accents are really strong. And I don't know if I was, uh, if I was prepared for how relatively kind of sedate that it is. It's not, it doesn't have the kind of madcap comedy that some of his earlier work did. It's much more kind of well-rounded, I guess, in mm-hmm. that way. I think that's what a lot of people have responded to, but the performances are so good. Mm-hmm. The script is so good. And it's, one of those that just kind of, I could spend time on the island with those people kind of just figuring out what is it, what is their life, yeah. you know? So uh, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. I, it's, it's one of the, I, I'm having a little bit of a muted reaction to it, despite the fact that I think everything about it is really good. Okay, okay. Like I, uh, I think even the way it looks, you know, I think it's well directed, even though he's, you know, he's a playwright. And so it's like, sometimes those guys moving into cinema don't necessarily know like how to use the camera or that sort of thing. But I think he's kind of figured it out and, um, yeah, I wish it made me laugh more. That was the only thing I would say about it. Okay. Did you find it was really funny to you up front or did not at all? I didn't even think of it as a comedy. I didn't know it was um, like found out later it was nominated as a comedy okay. at Golden Globe. So, um, yeah, I just kind of Maybe my expectations a, were a bit skewed. That could be it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of wanted to just, I know it was going to be dark. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like in Bruges to me, like, but I, I did laugh at a lot of Colin Farrell lines in in Bruges. So, but yeah, no, I liked it. It's been an interesting race for supporting actress this year. And, uh, I feel like I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with that race. I kind of hope Carrie Condon takes it because, I really enjoyed her performance in this. It might even have been my favorite one out of everybody. Same. Two things I want to ask you about. What was your take on, like, like is it supposed to be literal or do you think it is more of like a, a metaphor for something? Well, so I don't know if, enough about history to say, but I assume there's, there's the, you know, the, the Irish Civil War is going on during the movie um, and they kind of have a falling out together. So I guess there's some parallels there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of read it as the movie, as the characters, and that's how I, you know, 
usually approach most movies that have uh, a lot of symbolism for things. I just, I still kind of take it at face value of the story. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I think this is, I recommend this one, surely. And, and this is one of the few movies on this list that is the length of a normal movie. So yeah. go, it's under two hours. People should go on to HBO Max if they have it and check it out. Do you think I would like it? I think you might. Okay. You know, because well, you like movies about relationships. I do. And the whole movie is about a relationship between these two guys. It's basically mm-hmm. a, a, a bromance breakup movie. Well, because like when I saw the preview in the theater, I can't remember what we were watching. But I saw the preview and I was like, oh, it looks kind of boring. But it wasn't boring. I didn't think so. Yeah. yeah. All right, I'll watch it. I mean, all I'm saying is I would watch it again. So if you want to watch it with me. We can watch it together. Yeah. All right, we'll keep, we'll keep moving. So the next movie on our list is Elvis. So Mr. Elvis Presley. Get a haircut, buttercup. In that moment, I watched that skinny boy transform into a superhero. Well, you may go to college. You may go to school. You may have a pink Cadillac, but don't you pick nobody's food now, baby. Come back, baby. This is also available on HBO Max. Uh, Elvis, as you can probably imagine, is about Elvis Presley. It is a, a biopic about the life of the king of rock and roll, specifically told through the point of view of his manager, played by Tom Hanks in a baffling amount of prosthetics. <laughs> it stars Austin Butler as Elvis and is directed by Baz Luhrmann, who also directed Malin Rouge and... The Great, Great Gatsby. Great Gatsby. It is it it, it runs a, an exhausting two hours and thirty nine <laughs> minutes, but it is nominated for <laughs> eight Oscars, including Best Actor for Butler, makeup, sound, cinematography, costume design, editing, and production design. What did y'all think about Elvis? I feel like we probably feel the same, don't we, Billy? It sounds like it. I was not a huge fan of this. Yeah. Um. I. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to come up like with the words to why I don't like things or like things really. But um it was it was just really flashy and weird. I don't know. It it just um I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. But it was just it was Definitely a little flashy. Flashy a little over the top. And also I feel like movies were like it's set like years ago and then they have music that is like you know like came out now yeah contemporary um like the the hound dog song you know Mm -hmm. i can't remember who sings that song but i was just like i don't know it it doesn't fit and it just feels weird it's like maybe maybe don't go that direction but maybe they wanted to do something different because well moulin rouge is like that but um yeah it is i just was really bored and it was too long (laughs) like it was too long after like the first 20 minutes of it <laughs> and I was just not into it. So I don't know. That was my, yeah, I feel bad critiquing since I haven't finished it, but okay. <laughs> go ahead. <though. laughs> I've, I've literally tried several times because it's on HBO and free to, to get back into it. And I just can't spoilers. Elvis dies. What? No, I'm just no, no, no seriously. Okay. I was like, wait a second. He died. Okay. He, he dies. Yeah. I, I mean, so Tom Hanks, first of all, looking like 
Jiminy Glick with that outfit. I, d- I just don't know. I don't. I didn't like that. It was. It was weird. Yeah. It just like his character made what's me Tom like. What's Tom Hanks doing? What's What's Tom Hanks doing? What's he doing? Geppetto, and then this. What's going on? He makes me. It, he makes me uncomfortable. Just like his whole character is just weird and. Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> talking, about, <laughs> talking about it being too flashy though, like it, it was just the, it, it never um, gives you a moment to like connect to a real moment because it's just like, I, I'm not very articulate about this, but you know, you know, those scenes in movies where it's like a montage and there's like spinning newspapers, like showing yes. Yes. the whole movie felt like one of those montages. Yes. That was a really good way to you know, describe it. It doesn't that. just like stop. Yeah. It, it doesn't very, not very often anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that, I, that's good. Yeah. I, I, I didn't like it. What did you think of Butler as, as Elvis? He's getting a lot of praise for his performance. Eh. I mean, he was okay. Like, he, I don't know. Mm. He makes, like, one facial expression, and he holds that Elvis face, and he does that pretty good, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay, I mean, I was just, just asking. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's, I mean, this, it's very possible he could win. Really? Really? For best actor. I'm not saying he's going to, but I mean, he's got some competition in Brendan Fraser, but... Yeah. But Fred Frazier's not in the Best Picture nominee, so there's that. What did you think, Daniel? So I will say this. It wasn't as terrible as I feared that it was going to be. Uh, I am am not a Baz Luhrmann fan, and I did not like Malin Rouge. So I was really worried that I was staring down what was going to be two hours and 40 minutes of misery. The first 20 minutes or so were bad. Mm-hmm. But they were bad in such an entertaining way that I was kind of like, oh, you know what? I can kind of get into this. Like I was making fun of it, but I was enjoying making fun of it. And <laughs> that's, well, that's uh, good. But then it kind of flattened out and it became a little bit more of a traditional biopic. And at that point, uh, I was less into it. I mean, here, here's part of the issue is that nobody has any interiority. We don't learn anything about Elvis as a person. Yeah, I was like, what, what, is, what was the point of this movie? Like, what was it? Because if, if you just want to make a, a bullet list of things about Elvis's life and history of the United States during that time, you can do that a lot of ways. And most people, at least, I mean, maybe not people in the newer generation, maybe not, maybe aren't familiar with as much with Elvis. I mean, I got to say, I'm not a huge Elvis guy myself. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like a lot of my patients like him, but I didn't really, I don't know much about him. But I mean, the Tom Hanks performance is baffling. Everything about that, <laughs> um, the uh, the girl who plays Elvis's wife is really underserved by the material. She's, uh, you know, I, she doesn't really give a good performance. But I don't think it's her fault. I kind of think the movie just isn't really interested in that. It's almost like it's doing it perfunctorily. So, I mean, the, the learning of it all is exhausting, but it could be worse. I don't know. It, it's not. It's not a it's not a painful film in my opinion to watch, but it certainly is much too much of something that I am just not that keen on in the first there place. There was one thing I liked about it, or it surprised me. Billy from Stranger Things was in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> there, there's there's some other yeah there's some other Easter eggs in the like the 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 deeper cast as you go down. So and again, I, I wonder uh, maybe if you if you really love Elvis then maybe this is either like the greatest thing or like the most terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. I would be curious to know like people who knew a lot about Elvis and actually liked him. Like, did they actually like this movie or were they like, somebody's, somebody's nominating it for best picture. That's true. And I don't think it's Gen Z. Yeah. (laughs) Do you guys usually like biopics as a genre? 
No, uh, I don't. I don't either. Okay, well then we're probably not the best ones. So. In fact, yeah, I would. I would take like this. Maybe. I mean, I, I very, we haven't really talked about this. I was going to kind of ask you maybe at the end about how you felt generally about the spread of nominees that we've been given this year. Yeah, Elvis is the closest thing we have on this list to a bog standard biopic, yeah. and it is a pretty sensational one. And I mean that not necessarily as praise, but as a descriptor. Um, so you got to at least say, I don't think there's anything on this list that's as bad as like, say, the theory of everything or, you know, one of those things that's just like, okay, or even Bohemian Rhapsody to bring a more, a more recent example. I mean, I like that one better than Elvis, but I mean, that's, I could say that about any movie, really. <laughs> I need to stop bashing Elvis. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'll help you out. Let's let's move on to the next because we're running a little long in the tooth on this. So Oops. let's uh, no, no, you're good. Um, it, it's my fault mostly for asking additional questions instead of just moving on. So uh, our next movie is Everything Everywhere All at Once. What is that? I got bored one day and I put everything on a bagel. Everything, all my hopes and dreams, my old report cards, every breed of dog, every last personal ad on Craigslist, sesame, poppy seed, salt. And it collapsed in on itself. Because <laughs> you see, when you really put everything on a bagel, it becomes this. Come on. Come on, Evelyn. The truth. What is the truth? Nothing matters. This is the A24 smash hit that uh, came out back in the spring and has remained on people's minds. It is a uh, is directed by the Daniels, uh, the directing team that also did Swiss Army Man stars Michelle Yeoh as the matriarch of a, an immigrant family living in the United States. And she is dealing with um, kind of estrangement from her daughter and um, tensions with her husband. And then she basically discovers that she is in a, a kind of the Matrix-like situation where um, there's there's a multiverse concept where uh, she can like project her consciousness into an alternate universe version of herself where she then can access um, skills and memories and things from other uh, all other versions of the of the universe of the multiverse, and she has to do this to um, fight a villain who is trying to destroy everything that exists. And there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, it's, there's a lot going on in this movie, um, and it's nominated is the nomination leader this year. Eleven Oscar nominations, an Oscar, an actress nomination for Yo. Twin supporting actor nominations, or actress nominations, excuse me, for Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Su, supporting actor for Ki Kwan, a uh, handful of others directing, editing, all the big ones, all, all the classics are there. So this is a movie that has really been um, a, a favorite. People feel incredibly passionate about this movie. What did you guys take on it? You, uh, we, we, we all saw this one. Yeah, I feel like... Um... Wow, when did we watch this? It was a long time ago. It was. It came, so, like I said, it came out in the spring. I don't know when we got around to it, but it wouldn't have been later than like June, maybe. Yeah, I need I need to like try to remember. But I mean, I think 
I remember I thought it was okay. Like it was just a lot. It, it was it was basically the title, everything everywhere all at once. And um it was overwhelming. And I mean, I liked it just to be like, oh, this like I, I wasn't bored with it, but I also wasn't like, oh, I would I would recommend this to people or like I would watch this again. Um it had some funny parts in it, but it was also just really weird. Um, I liked when they were rocks. That was, <laughs> that was silly. And then the hot dog fingers was very <laughs> uncomfortable, but funny. So that's what I have to say about it. Billy? Yeah. Um, of all the, this is the most, I think, the fre- most fresh experience of any of the movies. Um, there's really no other movie like that one. Um, and. Yeah, without saying my uh, my subjective just opinion, I think like it's just interesting to see uh, them go for such a high concept movie, like Matrix level movie with such a low budget, mm-hmm. um, trying to attempt like martial arts and special effects um, and like multiverse concepts. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, we saw that we saw this in Alamo, and it was like very like Alamo movie. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Just, yeah, like, we did too. Kind of does. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we also saw it at Alamo. And it, this was one of those I was really looking forward to because I remember seeing the trailer but, what, you know, way before it came out and it looked just nuts. And you know, it was A24, which I tend to like with the stuff that they do. And yeah, I, I remember, I think I was really into it for about the first 30 minutes or so. And the the longer that it went, the kind of, the less I kind of responded to it. But this is one, and I think Amanda, you and me, you, we, we've had conversations about this about a lot of movies where it's almost like a Coco kind of conversation. Oh yeah, where it's like on the surface, it's kind of like flashy and fun and just you know funny and like weird, and then the but it, but it's so it gets so bogged down in its own kind of point of view and its own kind of philosophy mm-hmm. that I had to pay attention to it, and I found it. I found it troubling in mm-hmm. its in some of that uh, things that it was trying to say uh, in a way that was kind of both really I, I think it was both too shallow and too insistent upon its shallowness. Mm-hmm. It, it, I don't know. It feels it feels like a, a movie that Reddit absolutely loves. Um, it feels like I don't know, like Rick and Morty or some of those things oh, where yeah. it's like. Mm-hmm. There's parts of it that I admire, and I, I kind of admire the Academy for even bothering with it because it's not the kind of movie that they usually go for, or at least historically would not have been the kind of movie that they usually go for. Because, like you said, it is low budget because of the sci-fi of it all, which sci-fi movies rarely get acknowledged. Um, so all of that is like, oh, like, like it's such a kind of personal, like you, like uh, unusual story that I I like that that kind of a movie is getting recognized. This particular one didn't work for me in a lot of ways, especially in the last like 20 minutes or so. I found the ending of it got really bogged down in kind of sentimentality in a way that, again, just kind of didn't work for me. But I think some of the larger stuff did work and some of the gags did work. Like I even liked Rakakuni. Rakakuni. I'll admit I liked it. Yep. I don't even remember that part. It's been too long. (laughs) Rakakuni? I can take or leave the hot dog fingers, but I liked the Rakakuni. Rakakuni's good. Yeah, I the shallow is a good way of putting it. I think I I couldn't I've, I think I've put this note on a few of these movies just that I couldn't emotionally connect with the mm. characters. Mm-hmm. Um 
And that's part of the, just the storytelling way. I don't know what it is. Yeah. A lot of people have really responded to this movie. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's, it's spoken to them to some, it's spoken to them in, in a profound way. I wish I had that experience. I did not have that experience. Same. Yeah. I, I think I'd have to agree. I mean, wasn't, but wasn't there like a relationship or it was about like the daughter and the mom. I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of like that, but it was just kind of confusing the whole time. Prim standing here staring at us over the laptop. <laughs> She's joining. <laughs> hey, Prim. Prim, did you like that movie? No, she wasn't at the Alamo with us. I keep us. thinking about the two guys next to us. And the, did you remember this? With it, sitting next to us in the theater. Oh that, my like, goodness! Got I think up that's... and left with about ten minutes left to go. Yeah, actually, that was that kind of made the experience a little bad. They were, yeah, they were talking, which you know is a big deal in the Alamo theater. I know. I always wanted to put up a card and no, seriously. And then they were. Yeah, they left before it was. That ever. happened in art theater too. That some people left early. Really? I'm kind of wondering if we were in the same showing. But were they like talking the whole time and then ordering food and saying? I don't think. Okay. Well, yeah, we should check our tickets though and see if it was the same show. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be funny if it was. I forgot about that. That was funny. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't funny at the time because I was like, "Stop talking!" But all right. So our next movie is The Fablemans. Sammy, we're going to use Daddy's camera to film it. Only crash the train once, okay? Then after we get the film developed, you can watch it crash over and over till it's not so scary anymore. And your real train won't ever get broken. One more thing, Dolly. Let's not tell your father. It'll be our secret movie, just yours and mine. Okay? Okay. This is the Steven Spielberg movie that he essentially made about his own life. It stars Gabriel LaBelle as the older Spielberg, like the teenage Spielberg. Michelle Williams as his mother, Paul Dano as his father. This is, you know, it's not actually like, it's not the Spielbergs, it's the Fablemans, but it's a thinly veiled and, you know, probably more or less, uh, you know, autobiographical movie. It's his eight mile. That's probably a good, uh, that's probably a good comparison. Uh, you can currently find it on VOD if you want to um, uh, to go in and find it. This is uh, has seven Oscar nominations. Actress for Michelle Williams, supporting actor not for Paul Dano but for Judd Hirsch, who shows up for about ten minutes. Also nominated for directing, music, original screenplay, and production design. Billy, what did you think of the Fablemans? I liked the Fablemans. Um, Samantha put this as her number one. Movie. Oh really? Okay. And it's close to my top. I really liked this one. Um, Maybe I need to watch it. So we were talking about like the cinematography of this one. Also, um, was it? Well, maybe I'll leave that to you. I, what do you think of the cinematography of this movie? So I, I'm conflicted on it. Okay. I, I Janusz Kaminski is the cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He's been working with Spielberg for ages, and he's done things like you know Schindler's List, and I think Schindler's List, uh, definitely Minority Report, and some of those. I think it's going, I think he's going for a kind of like hazy, like the, these are memories type of thing. There were times when it kind of seemed like really generic, like like kind of that that blue-orange uh, contrast mm-hmm. type of thing. And I didn't love it. I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know if that's, if I was missing what he was going for. It, as, as far as it being a Spielberg film who, and just to be put it on the table, I consider Spielberg to be one of, if not the greatest living filmmaker, uh, his films have been incredibly influential to me. Um, so, you know, I come to that with the, with the highest form of respect. 
uh, I, I kind of thought the movie would look better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Amanda? Well, I did not see it. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Um, did you, you didn't, uh, you didn't watch it in theater. Wait, was it in no, theater? No, this, this one on, um, just rented it, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But, yeah, I watched this one at home. Okay. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying there with that. Um, I, I thought, you know, because it's such a meta movie about him becoming a filmmaker and he's making it as a filmmaker, Yeah. I thought it was in a way kind of him showing off his filmmaking chops, if you will, I guess, of like foreshadowing where this character is going. You know, it's like now I'm actually the maker making this movie. Um, so to, to film it not with a realistic lens kind of mm-hmm. and to film it more of like a artistic lens, um, like the campfire scene with the mom dancing and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like he's kind of showing off that he is a filmmaker. Um, I don't know if that's an official take or anything, but it's kind of how I viewed it. And the end, obviously, we've talked about we like that last scene a lot. Um, with John Ford. I really love that last scene. That's or, a great scene. Is that a spoiler? I don't know if that's a spoiler, but yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, is, it's, 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 not, it doesn't I have any plot significance. Really. No, it's just something that, something that people might want to discover for themselves. Yeah. Uh, there's a, yeah, there is a great last scene and kind of a cameo. And, you know, the last shot of this movie has been much discussed. Again, I wouldn't dare spoil it for anyone. It's a delightful last shot. Mm-hmm. Um, was, I, I loved everything Don't spoil about, it for me. I'm not going I'm to. D- I'm kidding. I'm All kidding. right. I, I love everything about that. I wish more of the movie had had the wit that that scene displayed. I agree with that. I agree with that. The nom- the nominee you said was the uncle. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, the uncle that shows up. You know, okay. yeah, for like in the early. It's just short. It's very short. That's weird. Okay. Yeah, he's the one that got the nomination instead okay. of Paul Dano. I wonder what. Do you know the the shortest screen time to get a nomination ever? I don't. I don't know. Well, and he's question. nominated in supporting, so you know that you know there's a you can probably have a, a very small amount of screen time True, and still yeah. get a supporting nomination. That's got to be a contender though. That that guy. I'm somebody has that stat and I don't have it. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what did you think of what did you think of Gabriel LaBelle in the as the the elder Spielberg? I thought he did a great job. I don't know if this is his first movie, but um, he definitely carried he carried the story well. You know what I hadn't thought of until just now, and I probably should have, because Spielberg has made a career out of making movies about kids or for kids, and he finds a lot of good young actors. Mm-hmm. And so I guess this is not something new to him, but I was thinking about this because of uh, West Side Story last year, which I really loved. And he finds this guy, Mike Feist, out of kind of nowhere. Nobody's ever heard of him and he's playing Riff. So great. Gabriel Abel, also really great. Maybe my favorite performance in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, even, you know, he's up against, not up against, but he's, he's in the movie with like with Michelle Williams. And I think you know, he's still like one of the best performances in the movie. Yeah. Uh, so I really enjoyed him. I thought, I thought he was good. You know, all the, the cast is good. Um, Something about this didn't really connect with me, and I don't know why it exactly that is. I've, I've listened to a couple of different people, a couple of different podcasts on it, and read a, I've read several reviews from people that I really uh, admire and trust, and they make really great points, and I just can't see what they're seeing in this movie. This is, this is the one where I was going to say, I watched it at home. I wonder if I watched it in the theater, would I have a different experience with it? Because mm. there was maybe there was just a little bit of disconnect with that. Um, cause I like movies about movies, all the stuff with Sammy, like making his movies and like kind of figuring out that he's a filmmaker, figuring out what he's good at. I liked all that stuff. Something about the stuff with all the family stuff was a little bit too like kind of rote to me. Like it was exactly the movie that it looked like on the tin and I just wanted to be surprised by something. I get that. Yeah, I get that. But I'm happy to be told why I'm wrong about that. And like, like this one to me, it, you know, I just it didn't have that extra something that I was hoping for. Right. Makes sense. Uh, Spielberg, I know you're not listening to this, but love you, man, forever. <laughs> <laughs> you made Jurassic Park, so that's a you know, <laughs> hall pass for life. No. 
Um, okay. Anything else you wanted to say about Fablemans? Um, no, that, that, that sums it up. What was it that, what was this that, um, that Samantha loved about it? Um, well, she has seen, I think maybe seven total, but, uh, close all, but she, she just, uh, she connected with it. I don't know. She laughed at, at times and I, I know she cried at a few moments. So yeah, wow. she, she felt good about it. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a both. movie I would like because I like laughing and crying. You'll do both. I would also be willing to revisit this one as well. So okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give this one another shot. So we'll yeah. have the Banshees of Ed Sheeran and, <laughs> <laughs> and then the Faithful Ones. All, right. All right. Our next movie is Tar. Time is the thing. Time is, is the essential piece of uh, interpretation. You cannot start without me. See, I start the clock. Now, my left hand, it shapes, but my right hand, the second hand, marks time and moves it forward. However, unlike a clock, sometimes my second hand stops, which means that time stops. Now, the illusion is that like you, I'm responding to the orchestra in real right. time, making right. the decision about the right moment to restart the thing or reset it or throw time out the window altogether. The reality is that right from the very beginning, I know precisely what time really? it is and the exact moment that you and I will arrive at our destination together. This uh, is a film by Todd Field, who hasn't directed a lot of movies. He's pretty, he takes a while to do uh, to do anything new. It stars Kate Blanchett as a conductor of the, at this point in her life, Berlin Symphony Orchestra. She has a laundry list of accomplishments, which are painstakingly laid out in the opening scene. And uh, she is basically a character study about this powerful woman. And it's about power. It's about kind of like social media and cancel culture and responsibility and, uh, and music and fame and a whole bunch of other things. And it, it's kind of hard to explain exactly how it's about all of those things it, through, it, there's a little bit of surrealism in it. There's a little bit of like, it's, it's a drama. It's also kind of like a character piece thriller. I don't know. It, it's kind of an unusual movie. There's a lot going on with it. Uh, it's up for, Six Oscar nominations, but they're big ones. Actress, directing, screenplay, editing, and cinematography. Billy, you caught up with Tar. Well, I, I'm very curious to know your thoughts about this one. Tar, Tar is one of two of these that I want to rewatch because I think um, there's just, it was a dense movie. There's a lot of uh, just little things here and there mm -hmm. um, that I kind of read about it after I watched it and just realized I missed kind of some things. Mm -hmm. um, and it was not the one I enjoyed the most by any means, but I think it's a good movie. I think it's a very well done movie. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes places I didn't think it would go from the trailer. Sure. Um, I, I was kind of expecting a whiplash black swan type movie, like an obsessive artist kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, which it partly was, but it, was, it went different places. What do you like about it? Yeah, it's got some of that in it, but yeah. it definitely is another thing. I, I, Amanda asked me, last night about it or because I haven't seen, I haven't seen it. And she's like, hey, what would you compare it to? And I, I was kind of stunned. I was like, what, what can I compare it to? I think the thing I said was there will be blood because it's like, a you know, it's more about this person than it is about any kind of plot, uh, you know, uh, or anything else like that. Yeah. Interesting. But no, this is, this is, it's a super fascinating movie to me. And there's so many things about it that are kind of, kind of subtle 
and like there's so, so way so many ways that it's kind of cagey about what it's doing, but it's also at the same time very bold about what it's doing. Like there's so many bold uh, formal choices in it. I mean, the fact that it just the way that it starts, even I don't know if you remember that. Um, I, don't, I don't think this is a spoiler because it's the beginning of the movie. Like it begins with credits in a way that most modern movies it don't. Does. It does. It has um, it has really long takes. It has. Um, uh, really, a it has kind of a. I don't even know if it's a joke of an ending, but it, it really uh, unusual ending. Um, there's just so much that it's doing formally that is really exciting, and it's got this incredible performance by Kate Blanchett at the, at the middle of it. Um, I almost wonder if it's more fun to discuss than it is to watch. That's a good way of putting it. But. I felt like it earned every single minute of its two hours and 38 minutes. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed this one. I did see it in the theater. See, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's the big that, screen bump. And I was, in, I was in the theater and it's like, this is a movie that has a lot to do with sound because it's, you know, it's the orchestra. And if you're sitting in the cinema with the surround sound and like things, you know, a, a door opens behind you and then someone reacts to it. And like, so there's a lot of stuff there with uh, the presentation. So, um, you know, it, it's on Peacock now. I don't know that people watching it on Peacock are going to have the same experience. I was going to say, maybe we should, that should be one of the movies that we watch and you watch again and see if you like it as much the second time. I'd be really interested to watch this one again. I know I said this about a couple of these, which probably I think speaks to the overall quality of these, some of these nominees. Like the fact that I said this about Banshee's Fablemans and now this one yeah. uh, are all movies that I would think would be, would be worth uh, a rewatch. Yeah. Um, probably, and this is me doing a little prognosticating because I like to do that this time of year. Probably the best chance this movie has of winning any Oscars is for Kate Blanchett in the lead role. Uh, what did you think of her as a, uh, in terms of that piece of acting. Yeah, I think that was easily the, the nomination I would pick to win for this movie. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other uh, competition is. I haven't read much into the nominees there, but... Well, you got Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere All at Once, which okay. is probably her biggest competition at this point. Um, I'm trying to think what some of the other ones are. I think that's. I think right now it's a two-horse race between the two of them. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, between those two, as far as like a nuanced performance, I, I think easily Kate Blanchett did a more difficult role there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, I mean, this, this is a fascinating one. Uh, it's not going to be for everybody. Yeah. It does feel like the kind of thing that the Academy might have nominated more in the past versus now. Like, 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 like it, it's here, which is great. I don't see it as a winner. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's interesting. Yeah. But there you go. Agreed. All right. Let's move on to one that probably, this might be the one that most people listening to this will have seen. It is Top Gun Maverick. Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. Welcome to basic fighter maneuvers. As briefed, today's exercise is dogfighting. Guns only, no missiles. We do not go below the hard deck of 5,000 feet. Working as a team, you have to shoot me down or else. Or else what, sir? Or else I shoot back. If I shoot either one of you down, you both lose. This guy needs an ego check. We'll see to that. So what's say we put some skin in the game? What do you have in mind? Whoever gets shot down first has to do 200 push-ups. <laughs> Guys, that's a lot of push-ups. Well, uh, they don't call it an exercise for nothing, sir. You got yourself a deal, gentlemen. Lights on. Let's turn and burn. Which has recently moved to Paramount Plus. Although, once again, 
highly recommend seeing it in the theater. But if, you've, yeah. if you're listening to this and you've already seen Top Gun Maverick, you probably did see it in the theater. Um, many people saw it multiple times. It's one of those, like Titanic, where people were going back and watching it in the theaters. Um, this um, obviously stars Tom Cruise as Maverick reprising his role from the 1986 movie Top Gun. It also stars Miles Teller, Jennifer Connelly, Glenn Powell, and a cameo by Val Kilmer. Directed by Joseph Kaczynski, who I believe was the director of Oblivion, which is another Tom Cruise movie mm-hmm. from the past. Um, and this has six nominations in addition to Best Picture, Editing, Music, Sound, Visual Effects, and Adapted Screenplay. All of us have seen Top Gun mm-hmm. Maverick. Amanda, what was your take? Um, I enjoyed it. I mean, we went and saw it at um, what Marbles and IMAX. Um, with Amber and Steve, my That's cousin. Right, yeah. But um, it was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. I yeah, I enjoyed it, and I definitely think I enjoyed it more because we were in theater. But um, it, but it was, and actually, I think Billy, I think we kind of talked about how like last year when Coda won, I think it was talking with you about how like movies like this being nominated, it feels weird. Like if they were to win best picture because it just feels like a typical like movie for everyone that they would just like I don't know um but I I enjoyed it and uh I feel like I was like on the edge of my seat for most of it and yeah I don't I don't know but then it was also like it was predictable like what was going to happen but I enjoyed what happened so no yeah th- and that's a good question about uh, we were talking about like just the the way to rank Oscar movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found it difficult to approach with Top Gun in the mix because um, it's it's kind of like if I compared John Wick Part 3 to Tar. Like, I enjoy John <laughs> Wick way more, but I don't think it should win an Oscar. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, I but at the same time, I think Top Gun... I also enjoyed John Wick Part 3. John Wick's great. John Wick's <laughs> great. So, no, I, you'll see my rankings. I did try to be honest with myself of what I really enjoyed about these movies. Yeah, so, that's great. And I think... That um, Top Gun, you said, you know, as in a theater experience, it's hands down one of my favorite theater experiences of all time. Um, Krasinski, well, of all time, the type race. For easy. Easy. Wow. Time, yeah. Um, Krasinski also did Tron Legacy, which is another one of my okay. the- theater favorites. But uh, yeah, you can't beat it. No, it, it's good. And, I, you know, the it, here, here's what I want to ask you about them. The Adapted Screenplay nomination. Is that a weird nomination? That's a weird nomination, Daniel. It's missing cinematography. It is. It did not get nominated for cinematography. It did get nominated for adapted screenplay. Yeah. That to me seems like the That's wrong. super weird. Yeah. Um, can't explain it. Because here's the thing. In my, in my opinion, the weakness of Top Gun is in its script, not its structure, which is rock solid, but the like the lines that are given to the characters. Some of that stuff is clunky. Some of the character stuff is clunky. Yeah. Um, and people ultimately didn't mind because the movie ends with like an hour of electrifying dogfight stuff that the likes of which have never been seen. Mm-hmm. The things that they did to film the dogfight scenes in this movie have never has never been done. Movies with I mean the cameras you know stuck on the sides of planes and all this kind of stuff to make you feel like you're there because they you were there like they were they were there. So I mean the, in terms of like just uh, you know adrenaline action like it, it, it would it really is something, and uh, so that that stuff dwarfed some of the things that I think are its weakness as a piece of art. 
which is why I think it doesn't deserve to win Best Picture. Um, but the best, comp- the best compliment that I can pay this movie, because again, I put the run times on here. I'm critical of movies that are overrunning, that are just not, they're just, they're taking a lot of time to do something that they don't really need to do, right? Uh, I'm a busy guy. I don't have time to watch extra, extra movies that's just out there. You know? So the best compliment I can play this movie is that when I realized, at a certain point near the, near the, like in, the, in the kind of the back half, where I, I suddenly realized, oh, there's going to be 20 more minutes of this. And I was like, yes, please give me 20 more minutes of this. Um, that is about the best thing I can say about Top Gun Maverick. I wanted, I wanted it to keep going. That's a good compliment, yeah. No, what was the running time of it? It's, and this one isn't even, even that long. It's just over two hours. It's okay. about two and 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah. Because all, I mean, really, again, most of the best stuff is in that second half. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was long. It was just enjoyable, so. Yeah. No, I've seen it twice, and even the second time, I was still not bored at all. But yeah, the screenplay, I, I can't put my, like, I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. Because there's those scenes with uh, Jennifer Connelly, which oh. are just corny, just bad. Is that Some the, the great. Yeah, one that... It was his lover or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like his ex- Which also, I was like, who... She wasn't in the previous movie. So not. I'm like, why did why are they making me feel like I should remember her from It did before? seem... Yeah. I was it like, was very was, strange. They're that gaslighting I, you. They really were. They really were. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember her. Yeah, that's a weird nomination. I wrote this down. I, I, I checked it out later because I wanted to know if, if this was crazy. Here's, here's an actual uh, dialogue exchange from the movie. Um, there's, there's a, one of, you know, there's the part in the bar early on, there's all these like young hotshot pilots are in there playing pool or yep. whatever. Oh, yeah. And, uh, one of them says, what kind of task is this? And the other one says, that's not the question we should be asking. Everyone here is one of the best. Who will they hire to teach us? And the camera cuts to Maverick sitting at the bar. <laughs> that's, that's just hokey. That's bad. It's ham fisted. Yeah. But so again, the, the, the screenplay nomination is nonsense. The movie's a lot of fun. Everybody knows that it is. So yeah. you know, what are we saying? Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. Uh, moving on. We get two more of these to talk about. Triangle of Sadness. The most powerful single force in the world today is man's eternal desire to be free and independent. Kennedy. Okay. Freedom in capitalist society always remains about the same as it was in ancient Greece. Freedom... For slave owners. I know. Vladimir Lenin. School. Ah. <laughs> Russian capitalist and an American <laughs> communist. Oh. On a $250 million luxury yacht. This is now on Hulu for those who want to check it out. Directed by Ruben Ostland, who previously did The Square and Force Majeure. Very popular international filmmaker. Um, and this stars Harris Dickinson and Charlie Dean, uh, RIP, oh, RIP was, uh, sadly passed away before the movie, uh, was released. She's 32. Who's this? She plays Yaya in the movie. The, oh, really? The what main happened? girl. Yeah. Um, I, she, uh, I think it was sepsis. Like it was a, um, bacterial infection and oh, wow. she, yeah, died. At 32, which, and I was, I was researching it. It was like, I think it was in August. So it was before the movie came out. Okay. Which is sad. That's sad. Yeah. It's sad regardless, but you know, yeah. yeah. Um, This is a kind of class satire 
of the very rich. It stars, um, oh, it features uh, a two two models essentially who are in a relationship, a kind of rocky relationship, and they go on a very expensive cruise where they hobnob with other very rich people, and where the crew is, um, you know, almost like pathologically. Uh, catering to their every whim, no matter how ridiculous, they get very sick. And then other things happen, which I won't spoil the way the third act of the film goes, even though it's kind of spoiled in the trailers, but don't watch trailers because you shouldn't do that. The uh, Another fairly long two-hour and 27-minute runtime for this one, it is nominated for three Oscars, including director and original screenplay. Uh, everybody had a chance to catch up with this. I think this is probably the freshest one in all of our minds. Yeah, I watched it. it. We watched it last night, Amanda. Yep. Um, what do you guys think? Um, I liked it. I I think I was surprised that I liked it because I was telling Daniel that I saw like the preview for it, and I was like, "This movie looks really weird." I don't know if I would if I would want to watch it, but um, I I liked the um, <laughs> I I liked just the whole bit about like the rich people and that like things were, I guess I can't like give things away, but just don't give the last act away. Cause I think that's where, that's where we kind of consider spoilers to be. I mean, again, they've given a lot away in the trailer, but not everybody's seen the trailer. Well, just, yeah, how things are like flipped and it's, um, I mean, but then people can just imagine how that went, but, um, yeah, it, they, there were some funny parts and also I just liked the drama in it and, it was just, I don't know, there were some wacky things. And just, I know the trailer shows like them throwing up and that's gross. But I was just like, how bizarre is that to have a movie with all of this in it? And um, yeah, it, I I feel like the things at the end, there was some good, not like, su- well, yeah, surprises. Um, and so I feel like it didn't seem like a long movie because I was just enjoying it. And it was... um yeah, it was, it was kind of different than anything that I've seen recently. So, yeah, yeah, I think Acts One and Two felt um, kind of like a condensed season of White Lotus. Do you do you watch that show? I started I've, watching I've it, it, but um, yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I mean, it. in a movie length, it didn't have the time to really uh, make it as complex of a story or as subtle of events, really. But it, the tone of it reminded me of that. But um, we we both liked. It. I finished that one, as I said earlier. Uh, about an hour before getting here, so it's very, very <laughs> fresh in my mind. Yeah, we, we liked it a lot. Uh-huh. You did? Okay, yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Daniel? So because it's so fresh, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of processing it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it, it's on on the surface, it's a, it's a pretty, like it's pretty fun uh, in, in its own kind of a European way. It, it, it's not like as flashy as some of these things, but it does have the, it does have that sequence on the boat, which is quite, um, uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 there's a lot going on with that. I, I like you know Woody Harrelson's in there as the mm-hmm. uh, as the the communist, and then he's having the conversation with the Russian capitalist, and that stuff's kind of fun. Um, and I, I did like the I did like the reversal that you mentioned that happens kind of at the end. There's some there's some um, stuff with the, you know power dynamics, and that's really kind of what uh, a lot of what it's exploring. There's there's a gear this movie I think needs that doesn't have something. Uh, the the last act really drugged for me, and or dragged, drugged, dragged. Um, it, it seemed like uh, there wasn't really anything new that we were getting with that up until the very end. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted, 
I don't know, I wanted it to kick up a notch. You wanted more drama in that? I don't know, I wanted something else with that with that ending. Um, the first, not with the ending, but with like the third act up, up until the ending. The ending okay. I, thought, I thought the ending was good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I thought the movie was enjoyable all the way through. I wasn't bored by it. Uh, I liked the performances for the most part. There's something Maybe we could in have the used writing that's leaving me at arm's length a little bit. What I said maybe we could have, I don't know, this gives things away, but maybe there could have been a scene with the pirates. Yeah. Could have given us more, like... I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just think, I thought, maybe, maybe again, maybe this is expectations, right? Uh, you've got this movie where there's the, they're going to this place where they're, they're going to be gross and they're going to have all this, like, bodily fluids and stuff. And it's like, I thought maybe they were going to go, they were going to push it even more once they got to where they got to. And it kind of, I felt, kind of felt like they pulled back. Oh. Um, so maybe this is me wanting, like, something crazier than what I got. Or maybe something more incisive. I don't think it's incredibly insightful or incredibly like go for broke necessarily. It kind of seemed like when they were on the ship, that was worse than you know maybe things that happened later. Sure. Uh, okay. okay well, let me ask you this: What do you think of the first act, um, which was mostly a drawn-out argument between two beautiful people who maybe shouldn't be together? I thought it. I thought that was kind of. Well, I was just like waiting for something to happen. So it seemed like I was like, "What? What is this doing?" Like, I and I guess I was just kind of there for it, like letting it build. Like, mm-hmm. this has to pay off sometime, and well, and it did. But um, yeah, I, I, I wanted. Well, maybe I wanted more in that first scene, but maybe it was just building. I don't know. You almost don't need that first act. I don't. I think the the second act, the boat is obviously what's in the trailers and the poster. It's kind of the meat of the movie. So yeah. you could jump right in there. I don't know if it'd be any different of a movie. I don't know. That Wait, we- that's actually a good point because yeah. all the way into that boat ride, you're still introducing characters. So it kind of feel, feels like you are like starting the movie. Mm-hmm. It's like the first act probably could have been 10 minutes mm-hmm. and you would yeah. have been fine. Yeah. yeah so and- this is one that I kind of, again, I like it on the whole. I think you could condense it. It's an hour and a half movie. You could probably condense this to an hour 45 and not lose anything of value. Yeah, it, it and it was weird with like the elevator scene. I don't know. It was just like that. That was really drawn out. Like the whole money stuff. I just you, they could have cut some of that. I don't know. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not here to you know. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to uh, to backseat edit the movie, but it, there's something there's something that in, me, in it that feels shaggy to me, and maybe that's by design. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did on this on the surface of it, I liked it fine. Yeah. No, it's just a weird choice. It, I think at that point you're still you just started the movie, so you're not tired yet, um, and you're right. it's easy to pay attention to a first That's act, true. but yeah. it's the weakest act for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, sweet. Well, let's move on to our tenth and final nominee. Women are talking. Uh, which blah, is what, blah, blah, blah. I'm just kidding. Which is what Mark Wahlberg said at the SAG Awards when he introduced it. Uh, the, the title of the movie is actually Women Talking. Would it be a good idea before we list the pros and cons of staying and fighting to talk about exactly what it is we're fighting for? It's obvious. We're fighting for our safety and for our freedom from attacks. But what would that mean to us? Perhaps we need a statement which describes what we want the colony to be like after winning the fight. Perhaps we need to understand more what it is we're fighting to achieve, not only what we're fighting to destroy. (laughs) Are we staying or are we going? (laughs) Oh, now, please tell us more about the statement you're thinking about. 
Uh, you can currently find that for rent on uh, digital platforms. The director is Sarah Polly, who some may know from her documentary, The Stories We Tell. Uh, the movie stars Rooney Mara, Jesse Buckley, Claire Foy, Ben Wishaw, and a cast of other women as the titular women who are speaking, as I mentioned. Uh, this, <laughs> this is a story that is set in a, a Mennonite community where the, uh, again, the women are enduring atrocities at the hands of the men in the community and have banded together to decide what they are going to do about it. The movie is largely a series of conversations, again, as you might expect, uh, in which these uh, women who are like kind of sheltered and don't really know how to like read and write, uh, nevertheless have to learn how to become a community and how to run a, you know, how to like make decisions together. And so it's, uh, that's what it's about there. It is nominated for two Oscars, one for best picture and the other for adapted screenplay. Bill, you and I caught up with this this week. We did. And, uh, what did you think? Um, so another cinematography discussion to come about this one, but, um, well, so let's do, let's do it now. Let's We're get here. right yeah, into yeah. it. The, I think easily the ugliest uh, shot for me uh, movie of any best picture nominee. Why is it so ugly? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like, I think there's a reason. What's the, what is it? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I think, I think it was, I mean, clearly it was, oh, done like on, an intent, it, was mean, it was done on purpose is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. No, that, I just don't think they, I think they're, they were going for bleak, right. With the desaturation and everything, but mm-hmm. they just, it just felt like a, when SNL does like a fake movie trailer and tries to make it look like a big budget movie. It looks like that kind of, <laughs> and there's like, there's these weird green screen shots outside the barn. Cause the barn in inside shots are in a studio. Right. So, but then they go outside and real outside. It's just, it, Oh, because real outside is real out, is really outside. It's yes. really outside. Yes. And it, but the green screen again is so bad. The lighting's bad, but that's, that's just one aspect of this movie. So yeah, it's not beautiful to look at. It's not beautiful to look at. Um, uh, I, you yeah. know, again, it's up for screenplay. So a lot of it is about the words that are spoken sure. again, even as, as, implied by the title uh did the any of the drama work for you were engaged by it yeah so the screenplay nomination makes sense um i so apparently this is based on a book which is based on uh a true events in this mennonite community so um but so the the concept of the movie um i think is is such a good story um it could have been really well done i i don't know where I lost. I think it was the the direction. I don't know what it is, but um, I don't. Th- I think it could have been a lot better with that story. The sc- yeah, the script feels a little bit like a script. Like they don't feel like real characters to me. They're just reading a script. Sure, it it almost feels like more like a stage play version of this particular thing. Yeah, that's a good way. I mean, yeah, it, it's hard to get past how it looks, and I did. There were moments in the movie that were effective and moving some of the character speeches. Um, uh, I thought uh, Jesse Buckley for me was MVP uh, in the sense that she's kind of a, you know, she's, she's somebody who in the movie has really internalized the things that have been like told to her and demonstrated to her by this community and by the men in it. Right. And so she's, you know, it's, it's not, like the, the women here are allowed to have differing opinions from each other and from what like you would maybe, maybe think would be like the right opinion for them to have. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was interesting. And 
so that you know there was there were definitely some things within that, and like even the idea because it's it said early on in the film there's this title card. This is an act of female imagination, mm-hmm. right? So you know, okay, this is not supposed to be a realistic depiction of what it would be like to be a woman in this community. It's supposed to be an idea of, well, what if this happened? Right. Right. And so from that perspective, a lot of that stuff um, worked okay for me. Uh, I even thought it was fairly well directed by Polly, whose last film that I saw, Stories We Tell, I wasn't a big fan of. That said, there, there's something, again, again, that keeps me from from really embracing this. And maybe it's the talkiness of it. And maybe it's the maybe it's the look of it maybe it's just not the kind of thing that i care about in terms of dramaturgy like in terms of just like the like a talky drama like maybe i just want something more going on um i hadn't given this one as much thought as some of the others i'm going to be honest with you uh just because it it kind of seems like it's all there on in you know it's what it says on the tin kind of like right what, what you see is what you get in right. a way yeah so i don't know the the story is horrifying and the fact that it's based on a true story is horrifying. Right. Um, it is actually slightly different in real life. I don't know if you did any research on it. Um, in fact, the the men who perpetrated these things in the actual instance were imprisoned. Uh, I don't know that they were in the movie. There. Um, the men in the community are on their way to bail those men out and bring them back and forth the women to forgive them. So that's a wrinkle. I don't know. Hmm. But I guess that makes it, again, more kind of like, oh, we have to, we have to force our beliefs to deal with this difficult thing. So I don't know. I mean, I think there's an interesting story there. Um, as a, It doesn't work as well as a movie to me as it does as a story. I kind of want to know what the story is, but you probably can't give things away. I didn't watch it. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not talking about anything that's not in the setup. I mean, basically, the basically the idea, and again, this is uh, this has actually happened. Um, so uh, these are is an isolated Mennonite community. Um, men in the community have been um, essentially knocking these women out using like tranquilizers, and then like raping them and doing other things to them and telling them that it was because of demons or evil spirits or oh. their own hysteria. And oh when they gosh. finally got caught doing it, the, then they were, um, you know, taken by the authorities. And so that's, that's the setup really. And then wow. in the movie, the, in the movie, the, um, like the crux of it is the men in the community are going to, uh, basically post bail for the for these guys and the women have to decide are we going to fight back or are we going to leave mm, okay. the community yeah super dark true story very dark yeah. movie but um the yeah i don't know why i didn't love it as much as i've read some reviews of it um but yeah i need to think about that one too a little bit more i didn't read a lot of good reviews honestly of really? this one um a lot of the critics that i read anyway uh were definitely not over the moon for hmm. it and i don't know if that influenced me in any way but um yeah, uh, it feels a little bit like a footnote in this list, mm-hmm. and it does. It is most likely the last one. Like, no, it's most likely number ten on the list. Like, if you only had five nominees, this one wouldn't be here. I think you can probably say that at least from the fact that it only has two nominations in total. Right. Right. Okay. So take a big breath. That was a lot of talking uh, <laughs> by two men and one woman. <laughs> not as catchy of a title, but it's time to rank them. So I'm excited to hear, and I guess 
Let's uh, again, Bill. You've seen all all uh, all ten, mm-hmm. so I'm going to let you do your ranking. Oh man! And then uh, Amanda and I will kind of chime in on our. And our you versions. want us to go from worst to best? Is let's, that right? Is that that's what more fun, right? Let's okay, do let's yeah, do yeah. let's, do, let's yeah, do ten to one. The yeah, tension. Yeah. This, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, as you might have guessed, number ten for me is Elvis. Shocked. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not too crazy there. Yeah. Again, haven't finished it, but if I do, it'll it'll still be tenth. Um, where is number nine? Uh, number nine, I put women talking. Mm-hmm. Um, eighth, uh, Avatar. Okay. So that one was kind of a weird one to rank because the initial experience, as I mentioned, viewing it, I enjoyed more than a lot of other viewings, but mm-hmm. that's just kind of where I put it. Um, uh, Tar for number seven. Okay. Uh, number six, I put, I should have typed these in order, but I just put numbers next to them. Um, <laughs> number six, I put everything everywhere all at once. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and again, I want to rewatch that one. I don't think I gave it the big, best shot. Mm-hmm. Um, number five, I put uh, Triangle of Sadness. Mm-hmm. Again, finished it an hour ago. It might sit differently. But mm-hmm. um, let's see, number four, I put All Quiet on the Western Front. Okay. Number three, I put The Fablemans. Two, I put Banshees of Insurn. And that. Number one, Top Gun. I know, I know. All right, Top all right, Gun on top. I just went with honest. I enjoyed it the most, yeah, hands yeah. down. You, you foreshadowed it though. You said, you know, hey, Billy movies. We like big, big theater experiences. I like blockbusters. Big theater experiences. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what? I bet a lot of people would agree with you, and I'll bet if uh, if Top Gun were to win Best Picture next week, a lot of people would be very happy. Yeah, I'd be surprised, but I'd be. I wouldn't be upset about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I would agree. Yeah. Cool. What's your all's ranking? Do you want me to go next, or do you want to go next? I don't know. What do you, what do you like? What do you want I to mean, do? I only have five, so should I just do them? Okay, go ahead. All right, so um, out of my five movies that I watched, on the bottom is Elvis, <laughs> clearly. Um, and then the fourth one for me was All Quiet on the Western Front, just because, you know, war movies. Um, third was Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, second was Top Gun Maverick. And then my top one was Triangle of Sadness, because, I don't know, I just really liked it a lot. I like it. I think it's a cool pick. Yeah. yeah. I'm always glad when uh, we end up watching something kind of weird and you end up liking it. Yeah. Then I know. I don't, that's like, then I don't feel like I like forced you to do, to like waste your time on something. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to do my list and I'm actually going to make a quick last minute substitution. <gasps> just a little switcheroo. Wow. Um, it won't be, I mean, you're not going to know what it was before, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you'll tell uh, us after. I'll tell you. Yeah. All right. So um, my, and then this is going to be nine because I did not, I did not finish avatar. So it's mm-hmm. not fair to rank it. So uh, number nine, I'm going to go Elvis. Wow. Yeah. Look at us. We're not Elvis crew here. <laughs> no. Uh, number eight, I'm going to do Women Talking. Um, for number seven, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Number six, The Fablemans. Number at five, uh, Triangle of Sadness. And four, All Quiet on the Western Front. Three, Top Gun Maverick. Two, the Banshee of Inisherin, and number one, Tar. Okay, which, in my opinion, is easily the best movie out of all of these, and maybe maybe the best movie I've seen this year. Wow, I definitely want to re- rewatch that now. Um, yeah, and I was not expecting that going into it. I was kind of expecting it to be like this is going to be a little homework, you know? Yeah, but um, it's pretty sensational. I really enjoyed it. All right, what did you rearrange? 
Oh, I, I switched women talking and everything everywhere all at once, which I norm, which I had the ladder at uh, uh, below it originally. Okay. Um, I kind of, because I really just did a, I did a quick check in myself and I was like, which one of these would I rather rewatch? Mm-hmm. And the, and the answer was everything everywhere. Yeah. It's because there's, there's more to it, I think. Yeah. You uh, it's more fun. Mm-hmm. So I would, I put that above it, but um, they're, they're pretty close on my rankings. Would you say there's a line in your rankings where at below this line, I really didn't enjoy it, but I'm picking what I liked about it versus I really enjoyed this, but it didn't, it wasn't as good as these above it kind of thing. Yeah, there's a line and the line is, the line is below the Fablemans. Okay. Um, basically women talking, everything everywhere and Elvis, I thought were all kind of middling. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. So the others, I at least had a semi-positive uh, response to. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I kind of grouped all quiet on the Western Front. Elvis, sadly, to group it with Elvis, but I like the other three. Yeah, <laughs> Elvis. <laughs> yeah. So, I, on that note, I want to ask uh, one more question of you both. Was there? And again, we, you know, we we got pretty long, so I'll, I'll wrap this up. But uh, is there a movie that you think should have been nominated for Best Picture that wasn't? Uh, another way of asking this might be what's something you saw uh, in 2022 that uh, you think people should check out? I don't even remember what movies we saw in 2022. Daniel, do you remember what movies? I do because I track everything that I watch. <sighs> okay, well, what did we watch? <laughs> oh, I, oh, sorry. I, I, we, I, well, okay, you know what? Tell, tell you what. Here's something that we watched together that we both liked that what? I haven't seen anybody talking about. Marcel the Shell with shoes on? Um, that was a good, that's a good one actually. And that is, that, was that really is at least one. up for animated feature. Oh, it is. Yay. Mm-hmm. Cute. Um, I was going to say 3000 years of longing. Oh yeah. Why wasn't that? I actually liked that one, which surprised me. Um, yeah, I think people should watch. Billy, did you watch that one? No. Hmm. George Miller, you know, uh, Mad, of Mad Max. Right. Fame, right. Did, uh, th- this one, in my opinion, is pretty underrated. Uh, I think so too. I, I enjoyed it. I mean. It was weird, but because, like, you know, I don't really, you would think that I don't really like weird movies, but it was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I think it should have a screenplay nomination, personally. Yeah, it's, it's like a, it's a storytelling movie, and I think I enjoy storytelling movies, so. Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. You should, it's cool. Yeah, I'm just looking at, like, movies that came out last year. I can't, I, 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 I haven't you, seen them, so, yeah. Did you see Nope? I did, but I wouldn't put that in Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. But, Just curious. Um, did you see it? Yeah. Yeah, I, I put, I think, did it get anything like cinematography? I think it was shut out. Okay. I could see it being nominated for that, but that's mm. about it. I, honestly, I think it should have been nominated for cinematography. I could take it or leave it in Best Picture, but I think cinematography should have been recognized. Yeah. Yeah, just looking at everything that came out. I, I think the nominees make sense for last year. Mm-hmm. Probably not the strongest movie year in a while, but... Um, you know, it's funny. I was ready to say that at the beginning of the year uh-huh. or like midway through the year. Yeah. Uh, and because our, because 2019 was so good, like you had Parasite and you had Little Women and you had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and yeah. some big hitters in that one. Because it was yeah. right before COVID. Yeah, it was right before COVID. Mm-hmm. This movie, this year to me is is kind of top heavy, but there's some movies I really love at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Tar is one of them. Babylon was one of them. Um, that's probably one of the best movies I've seen in the last five years. I want to see that. Um, and this is going to be something that's probably just personal to me, but the unbearable weight of Na- West of talent with Nicholas cage and Pedro Pascal. I also want to see that. A lot of fun. Just check that out. Yeah. You, you know, but yeah, so, uh, but, but it, you know, not a bad race. I mean, in terms of picking things that the Academy would pick and then a few things that maybe wouldn't like everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. 
What movie are you guys both excited for coming out soon? Oh, That's a good question. What movies are coming out soon? I had to think about this a little bit. There's a uh, there's a group that I'm belong to on on Facebook. We do our own little movie awards, and so I had to think about this because they always ask for most anticipated of uh-huh. the next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could see a, a well, probably Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese. If it finally comes out, mm-hmm. that'd be one. Barbie, Barbie looks good. Oh, is that coming out this year? Because why not? Right? Why not? I would watch that totally. I mean, it's it's directed by Greta Gerwig and written like co-written by Noah Baumbach and Ryan Gosling and what's her face? Margot Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, killer! It's gonna be great. I I'm looking forward to Barbie. Yeah. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. What about you? Yeah. No, Barbie looks really interesting. Um, Oppenheimer, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to think what else. You gotta do Oppenheimer. Gotta do Oppenheimer. Um. I didn't have anything in mind when I asked that. <laughs> but yeah, those are all. I want to see all those. I would maybe say The Killer, which is the new David Fincher movie that's coming out. Okay, I don't know much about that. I don't know much about it either, but whenever I hear David Fincher, I say, cool. Yeah. I go, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's a good one. All right. I don't know any other. Is I was literally just looking it up, but Wonka with... Uh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. With Tim Chalamet, huh? Tim Chal, yeah. I don't know. It says 2023, but... Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I can't say that's high on my list of things. No, I was going to say that's not. I just, I just saw it and I was curious about. Anyway, I don't know. The Dune, Dune Part Two. Excited about. I'll give it a chance, but I didn't didn't like Dune. I remember, yeah, on the podcast. No, did did not not love Dune, Dune, so I I can't, I can't say I'm looking forward to Dune Two. Yeah, but I think it, honestly, I think it could be better than the first one, just because maybe there's more story. Because it feels like the first one was just like foundation. Yeah. Hopefully. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I need to see more of Zendaya. This podcast does not like Dune or Elvis. It doesn't. Wait, <laughs> wait but you wait, like Dune? Guest, guest, uh, I like Dune. Oh, oh, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. okay, yeah. <laughs> well, next time I should have somebody on who likes the movie and so we can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> that likes what? So, so it feels Elvis like I'm giving said. it a fair shake. You know, I don't want to come in on dump on something, but. Yeah. Oh, Elvis. Elvis. All right. Well, hey, we did it. We, did we, it. we went through everything. We did our rankings. And now we're ready to watch the broadcast next week <gasps> and root for our favorites, I guess. Who will slap who? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's well, going to be the drama this year? That's what I want to see. I want Will, uh, Will Smith to show up anyway, and then there to be a lot of drama. Ooh, fun. Well, he'd be like, he, like he's banned, but he tries to get in. Like he, like yeah. he disguises himself or something. Yeah. Like he just shows up and then just craziness happens well tune into the red carpet to see if people's <laughs> just like in the background yeah. by the people like waving um, yeah well, what will it be well uh billy thanks again for taking the time tonight yeah, thanks, to billy. come and be on the show and uh and you know uh, show us up with your knowledge so we, we appreciate that it's been an honor thank you for having me yes. it's been a lot of fun thank you for watching all it's the great movies. show yeah it's a great show well, we look forward to uh, more movie nights and uh, and good discussions. Me as well. Well, that's our show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you, uh, as always, you can send us an email at scenes from a marriage. Nope. I can't even remember my own email address because it's been that long since we did one of these. Podcast at <laughs> scenes from a marriage.com or at scenes from a marriage on Instagram. Give us, send us a message and let us know what you thought let us know what you're hoping wins best picture and what you think will win and tell us how billy did and <laughs> tell us how billy did tell us also we should have him back again tell or, us who our next guest should be <laughs> yeah 
We'd love to hear from you. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Anne. Good night. Bye.